Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm Cam. I'm David. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, culture culture, and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you doing today, Boo? I'm doing great because I received a couple packages from Amazon. Okay. And, you know, I'm one of those people who loves receiving a package because it's like Christmas all throughout the year. Yes. So I'm excited. I got the notification. And as we're recording, my booty is itching to get up and go down the stairs and get some (laughs) of my packages. But I I am dedicated to our listeners. So I will wait for my Christmas time. (laughs) Well, congratulations on receiving your packages. And thank you for waiting. You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) You're welcome, booze. You're welcome. Our boo boos. Boo boos. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Uh, I don't know if it's sad that I'm excited about that, but whatever. I'm excited. I mean, any little thing, why not? Right? I agree. Any little pleasures you can find in life, you should always be feeling uplifted and happy about everything as much as possible. Glass half full. Yes. I I, I try to keep mine three quarters full. You know, whatever floats your boat. (laughs) So any, what's going on with you? You know, I'm good. I have an exciting update for you and all of our boo-boos out there. So remember a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about my fine neighbor and the swallows, knowing that he's fine and all that, all that good stuff. How could we forget? (laughs) Well, to be continued. And update is today. <laughs> I feel like this is like a story from episode to ep- well, not episode to episode, but every couple yeah. episodes. It's an episodic story with a cliffhanger each time. <laughs> yes. So I did reach out to him again via text message about the swallows having a party on his balcony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I mean, it was an opportunity there, right? I saw that opening and I took it. And, you know, I'm one to take opportunities. Shout out to the man at the paint store. (laughs) (laughs) So a pro about my neighbor, he's very responsive on text, right? But a con is he has not initiated a conversation first. And so I'm hoping that soon that will happen. But right now I'm just taking the small wins and the small win is he's very responsive so when you know I let him know like hey you know I see your the birds and all that whatever he let me know that he was actually out of town at the moment but he knew about the birds and he said that they were aggressive and all that stuff but he did not have to share that he was out of town so I really appreciated that but then he also sent me a video of where he was where was he he was in the Midwest somewhere, Midwest visiting family, but he was particularly at a football game because it was like a spring football session or whatever. But I start laughing because he sends a video of the whole stadium. So he's spanning around the stadium. And then right when the video was going to go on his face, he turned it off. Oh no! I'm like, I could care less about the stadium. I want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is he getting camera shy all of a sudden? Right? And so I'm like, I appreciate your surroundings, but I'm trying to see that fine face, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but then you know what happened? 
so this actually melted my heart and made me cheese because after he sent the video and I was like, oh, looks like fun. Hope you're having a good time. He kept the conversation going and he asked me, he's like, has your birthday passed yet? And that really put a smile on my face because a prior conversation I had mentioned, you know, I have a birthday coming up, whatever, whatever. So that means he remembered it. He remembered that I said that my birthday was coming up and then it indicated to me that he's paying attention. No, well, that's good. Positive steps forward. Right. And so, you know, I said, yeah, birthday passed and let him know what I did for my birthday. And so then he told me that while he's out there, he plans on doing a photo shoot with his family. So I'm like, okay, this man is sharing a lot of information with me, but you know, I'm always reading into things. So when he uh-huh. said he's doing a photo shoot with his family, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to ask for the pictures, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't ask for the pictures right then and there because he hadn't taken the pictures yet, but I made a mental note to circle back with him. So, um, you know, a couple of days passed and I confirmed that he was back home because I saw him outside. He was washing his car. But then I felt bad because bird poop was getting all over. <laughs> Those darn swallows. <laughs> and so um, actually that day, I didn't go outside to talk to him, but I went in the house and got settled and everything. And I texted him and I was like, oh, hey, you know, welcome back home. Saw you outside, whatever. And then he said, yeah, I got home this past Tuesday. And then I said, how did the photo shoot turn out? And then I see what you did there. (laughs) And guess what? My efforts resulted in not one, not two, but three pictures of this (laughs) fine man and his family. (laughs) So that made my day because really he didn't have to do that. So Mm -hmm. I feel like we're establishing a good rapport. That's good. Yeah. So to my listeners, our listeners out there, um, just know, you know, it might take some time, but be patient, be patient, grasshopper. (laughs) (laughs) Some people can't be that patient, but you know, but it's encouragement because we went from not speaking at all to exchanging numbers. Mm -hmm. Now exchanging pictures. Well, as uh, Mariah Carey says, love takes time. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Miss Mariah Carey. <laughs> so yes, so I am I'm doing good. So that's my fine neighbor update. Fantastic. To be to be continued. I'm sure it will be. And everyone's on the edge of their seats. What's gonna happen? Oh, don't worry, I will update you. <laughs> <laughs> well, given that this is our first recording in the month of May, mm-hmm. I do want to say happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Yes. Happy so, API month. Yeah, that's a that's a long that's a long uh, phrase to say out you know uh, fully, but uh, you know it's, it's funny because the API as I think now it's AAPI because you're saying Asian American. It's because it's funny because a lot of people will say different variations of the month because of. I think there have been different ways that it was initiated. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to briefly talk about why is May 
API month or AAPI month. And <laughs> well, and also, I think I've also seen it presented as APIDA month as yeah, well. Yeah, because uh, Desi Americans mm -hmm. as well. But essentially what happened was like um, there was a former congressional staffer, Jeannie Jew, who approached a couple of representatives, or initially Representative Frank Horton. And it was right after the United States celebrated their bicentennial celebration in 1976, so when the country was 200 years old. Um, so she said, hey, you know, I have this idea for having a month to acknowledge Asian Americans in America. And so in June 1977, Horton and another representative, Norman Y. Mineta, they introduced uh, a resolution in the House of Representatives and but so it only initially gave um, Asian Americans 10 days in May. So, See, you know, you know, <laughs> they they give black people the shortest month of the year and they really kind of jip y'all. And that's the thing. I was like, we people of color have to always start small and try to grow it from there. Right. Do was so wrong. From so, the <laughs> so, you know, Jeannie Jew said let's get a month. And they said, how about 10 days? They're like, okay, I guess we'll have to take what we can get. So it became 10 days of Asian Pacific Heritage Week. <laughs> Shameful. And then uh, a month later, uh, another bill was introduced to, in the Senate and the former U.S. Senators, Daniel Inouye and Spark Matsunaga, they uh, introduced that. And then President Jimmy Carter signed the joint resolution for celebration. But then in 1990, so we had a uh, we had a week uh, basically up until 1990 when President George H W Bush signed a bill passed through Congress to extend Asian American Heritage Week to a month. So we started getting that in 1990. Well, but... thank you, thank you, former President Bush, for recognizing that. <laughs> well, there's also a caveat to that as well, <laughs> because it was um, only proclaimed for the years of 1991 and 1992 initially. An extra slap in the face. <laughs> How, how more ridiculous can this get? But, you know, luckily, initially, actually, uh, some of those um, initial uh, initiatives to get these off the ground, actually, they failed. But, you know, with perseverance, they passed. But in 1992, they went ahead and uh, officially designated as Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. So notice that title is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. This is not what we call it now. Yeah. But then on May 1st, 2009, so much, much later, from 92 to 2009, uh, President Barack Obama signed Proclamation 8369, recognizing the month of May as Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which we and, are and right I, now. And I just want to say a Black man was responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would have some thoughts on that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, I think, especially befitting that, you know, we have a, a black woman here and an Asian man on this podcast. So, um, but, you know, another question is why in May? And a, there's a, a couple of big reasons is because the month of May commemorates the month that um, the migration of the first immigrants from Japan from the United to the United States uh, in 1843, May 7th, 1843. And it also celebrates the completion of the transcontinental railroad, which was many know was built on the backs of Asians and Blacks and other people of color, mm -hmm. but most famously with it within the Asian community, they used a lot of Chinese who built the railroads and died. So um, those are primarily a couple of the main reasons that May was chosen. Um, it's a significant time for Asians in American history. 
Um, so yeah, that's just a brief summary of why we have this month. <laughs> well, thank you for that summary. I appreciate it. And actually, um, you said something, uh, you said Japan in your brief summary. And so I actually want to segue into our segment, Beauty Booths, because I'm using a Japanese product. So the Japanese product that I'm using, um, it's Biore Blackhead Strips. You know and what? I use them too. You do? Isn't it magic? If they are. <laughs> well, okay. What prompted me to try this particular box? I'm actually holding the box. If you can hear me, it's like ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shake it, shake it for our listeners. So, I mean, obviously I suffer from blackheads on my cheeks and the nose area. But Biore has a couple of different variations. And the reason why I chose this box is because it has a woman of color on the box. (laughs) (laughs) And she's so cute. She has her cute little curly hair and she has a strip on her forehead and then on her nose. And I'm sure our listeners out there know what blackheads are. But I never really looked up the definition. It sounds gross. Have you ever looked up the definition of blackheads? I have, yes. But... (laughs) Go ahead and share with everyone. (laughs) I'm like, ew. So it says blackheads are a type of acne vulgaris or hormonal acne. The most common cause is oil gland overproduction, which I have oily skin, um, which can happen during hormonal shifts such as puberty, menstruation, and pregnancy. So, I mean, I'm in my mid 30s, so the puberty shift have cells for me. And then I'm not experiencing pregnancy right now. So I'm thinking, you know, I get my blackheads when it's that time of the month for me. But uh, blackheads can also form when hair follicles are irritated or when dead skin cells do not shed properly. Mm-hmm. It, that just sounds gross. I was like, ew. I mean, so, those are all body processes. It, it is. But thank God for Biore because <laughs> I'm telling you, the first treatment so I look like a mummy, first of all, because I put them all over my face. I put one on my forehead. I put one on my um, underneath my uh, bottom lip mm-hmm. on my chin. I put one on my cheek on the left side, one on my cheek on the right side. And then I used a nose strip. So the, this box has 14 strips in total, seven for your nose and seven for your face. So I'm like, all right, you know, it's a Friday night and I drinking a glass of wine, walking around the house with all these Biore strips looking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and the box calls for you to leave it on 10 to 15 minutes. So what you have to do is you have to wash your face and then dry your face and then wet your face where you're going to apply the strips at. Once you wet your face, you apply the strips, leave mm-hmm. them on for 15 minutes. Looking like a mummy. Yep. But and then they get hard, right? They oh, it's almost like that's it's the funny like plaster. Part. Yeah, they get all desiccated and they stick on your face yeah and then they start cracking a little bit and so here I am ripping them off and I I like the sensation of it ripping off I don't know it's just satisfying I do too it's funny I'm glad to hear that you do too hopefully most of our listeners are the same because otherwise we're the only two freaks like that (laughs) well when I ripped them off and looked at the strip I was like this is nasty first of all, because it's been a while since I applied blackhead strips and I've never used Biore. Um, usually I just kind of use like the cheapest, but yeah, now it's like, now I have to upgrade. <laughs> but I can tell the difference because when I 
looked at the strip. It looked like, you know, like those little kids art projects where it has a triangle tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it looked. It looked like little triangle trees all over the strip. Well, I know because I was going to say, if you thought the description of a blackhead was gross, uh, it was going to be gross. Looking at the strip after you pull it off your face is disgusting. <laughs> it, it was nasty. And then I was like, how come my boo didn't tell me I was walking around looking like this? <laughs> well, I didn't have my microscope on me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you look fine on the surface. Oh, thank I, you. <laughs> I didn't know underneath your dermis, it was all nasty up in there. <laughs> But yeah, so I was able to see the difference just after one treatment. Mm -hmm. So I am a user now of Biore blackhead strips. Mm -hmm. And um, also, too, the reason why I chose Biore, like B for Biore, B for bougie. I, I just, <laughs> it just spoke to me. Bougie Biore. Right? Well, so, yeah. no, I'd say the, the, I use the nose strips periodically. And, you know, because once you do it, you don't have to do it for a while because you wait till that buildup comes back mm -hmm. but every time I'm just like like you said what is this little forest of black heads and white heads that are on this strip Ew. and you're like I can't believe I was walking around that was on my nose the whole time or my I face know. it was disgusting <laughs> and then you think you think after you pull them out there might be craters in your face or your nose but no they're not but you know it's just that you can't believe that was all in there so I do plan on doing another uh, treatment soon because like I said, I just like the feeling like you feel clean after you rip them off. So I, I mean, I don't want to overdo it, but it's like I'm looking forward to my Biore blackhead strip treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that treatment with me. Yeah, you're welcome. And then also, because I've been in my beauty bag, so, you know, with the blackhead strips. But remember a couple episodes ago, I was sharing my dilemma with the crooked bottom tooth mm -hmm. and the braces and the Invisalign and things like that. So guess what I decided to try? What are you trying? I am trying bite. Have you heard oh, of bite? Yes, I have heard of that. I have a friend who does that as well. So again, I chose bite because B for bite, B for bougie. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's all you B products out there, <laughs> you've got cam. <laughs> Gladly try your B product. So I also decided to try Bite because it had good reviews and then price comparison, it, it was a good price point. So I received the molding kit, right? And it was so funny because it came packaged neatly all in one package. Um, you, you have the trays to hold the putty that's gonna mold your teeth. You have um, the gloves that you use and you have the putty that you mix together. So the whole process took about 30 minutes from start to finish to get the mold, right? Well, for our listeners who aren't familiar with Bite, what are you trying to do with that? So for Bite, um, it's in, like in, um, what Invisalign. In, is, but Invisalign is the brand. So these yeah. are actual. It, they're like teeth straighteners, right? There you go. But it's invisible teeth straighteners. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I'm trying to do is straighten my bottom row because mm -hmm. my bottom row could could use some help <laughs> <laughs> well 
you know, for those who haven't seen Cam, it's not like she's got like super jacked up teeth. They're, oh, thank they're you, just, boo. They're not. I mean, on, on, looking at her, you, you think her teeth are fine, but you know how we all nitpick about ourselves. And yes. that's something that Cam looks at and she wants to fix. So it's not like she's got the most nasty teeth you could think of. <laughs> I appreciate you. It's just, you know, a little vanity, a little prevention, right? Because Remember when I said the dentist told me your mm -hmm. teeth naturally shift. So I'm they like, do. if I don't do something now, like my bottom row is really going to be noticeably jacked up. So I'm just trying to halt that right now. So taking the actual molds, right? So you can't do, it's not, a, you can't rush it because you don't want to mess it up. So I made sure I was like in a nice clean space. I had some light music playing in the background. I almost felt like I was in a dentist's office. I was like, you, you were your own dentist. I was just about to say that. Then, you know, I put on the gloves and then they have like a car that breaks it down step by step. And so step one, before you begin, you're supposed to make sure that the impression tray fits your mouth. But I'm looking at these trays and they're in the box and I'm like, well, I'm not going to stick those trays in my mouth. So I took an extra step and I poured peroxide all over the impression tray <laughs> and then I rinsed them off because I mean, that's no, gross, a right? good idea. It's like, it's like when you buy underwear, or some clothes from the store, you don't immediately want to put them on because no. you don't know how many people touch them or put them Ew, on or sneezed on them Yeah, <laughs> or drooled on them. And so then after that, you know, I put the trays in my mouth. I'm like, all right, they fit. I don't have a, a like a gigantic mouth. I guess <laughs> maybe sometimes the trays don't fit. I don't know. And then step two, you're mixing the putty. And then the putty comes in a light cup and a dark cup. And you get four light cups and four dark cups. So you're taking two impressions of your top teeth and then two impressions of your bottom teeth. But this part was kind of stressful because it tells you, like, you have to mix the putty in like 30 seconds or if not, it's going to dry up. <laughs> so here I am with my gloves on, like mixing crazy, <laughs> trying to make sure. I stay within 30 seconds and then you take the putty once it's mixed and you smush it into the tray and then you shove the tray in your mouth and you hold it there for like two minutes. Wow. But during this part where like the tray's in your mouth, it's gross because I'm drooling everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also going to ask like, cause I remember getting an, uh, a putty impression done years ago when I was younger mm -hmm. and some of that putty was kind of sliding to the back of my throat <laughs> Was that oh, happening to you? Thank God. No, I probably would have gagged. Yeah, maybe putty technology is much better these days. <laughs> it's after the two minutes, you remove the impressions, but because the putty is like molding to your teeth, mm -hmm. you kind of have to put some force into removing the impressions. And some of the putty got like stuck in my molars in the back. It was kind of gross. As long as they don't pull your teeth out too. Oh God, no. <laughs> thank God it did not pull my teeth out. But I will say I got some really good impressions and the whole thing took about 30 minutes. So not that bad. And after all of the impressions are done, you put it back in the box and then you mail them back to bite. And then they're going to do an analysis and contact me with um, what they come up with. And so, you know, with treatment plans and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I will say that part was pleasant. And I really liked that. I didn't have to make a dentist appointment for that. I did it in you know, the presence of my own home, I was comfortable. But I will say, um, they make you upload selfies to your patient portal. So whoever saw my selfies at Bite, <laughs> <laughs> I 
it was a Friday night and I was very comfortable. I know you're probably looking like, oh, wow, this girl looks really comfortable. Because <laughs> I, you couldn't tell I had pajamas on, but I mean, I had pajamas on. I, I wasn't gonna, basically, yeah. you know. Well, I'm sure they've probably seen people who looked a lot worse and a lot rougher, like <laughs> didn't bother fixing their hair at all. <laughs> well, we appreciate that because everyone's always looking for ways to, you know, either enhance themselves or um, I don't want to say fix, but no. just find ways to make themselves happier with their appearance. Correct. So nothing wrong with that. So, well, once you've, um, you know, done your beauty treatments you could take yourself out to eat <laughs> we you know we love to eat we sure do <laughs> so i mean i think the last episode all we did was talk about food so or, or a couple episodes back <laughs> it was like one food thing after another but you know i did go to a really nice restaurant recently it was at grandmaster records in hollywood uh, so they're uh an interesting clientele it's basically like the hip people of la it's a, it's a nice space because the, the actual space itself, it's in a, a former recording studio and it's a, it has quite a history before it, it got sold and turned into a restaurant. Uh, the studio themselves, one of their first people to record there was Stevie Wonder. And um, then you had people like David Bowie, Bonnie Raitt, Red Hot Chili Peppers, No Doubt, Foo Fighters, they've all recorded through there. And then, um, well, even genres like Jack Johnson and Ben Harper have been there. Oh, wow. And then uh, most recently, I think one of the last people that was Kanye West, and he did the late registration album there. Nice. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, so it has a history. And when you walk in, you'll see they kept some of the bones of that were originally to that location. Like there's uh, these gold plated cabinets with LP record albums in there and old play record players or um eight track cassette tapes people if people know what those are but yeah so the history of the recording studio can be seen throughout the premises but the restaurant itself it's broken down into three areas there's a club uh portion with music and dancing then there's the restaurant portion at the top the first floor and then up at the top is a rooftop bar which has a view of hollywood yeah, so we did the tasting menu, which is the best way to sample what we thought was the best way to sample the menu. Mm -hmm. And ideally, that's usually the case. But in this situation, I wouldn't recommend the tasting menu oh. only because I think there were more interesting dishes you could have picked uh, uh, throughout the menu, which would have equaled basically the price we paid because oh. this tasting menu was 120 per person. Mm -hmm. And the trick about some tasting menus is you can only do them if everybody at the table participates. So it's not like two of us say we're going to do tasting menu and our third friend says, I only want one dish. It's, mm. it's all or nothing, basically. So um, unfortunately. And that's interesting because usually tasting menus, it's, it, it would be easy, I would think, to accommodate only if one person wanted a tasting menu and then the other two or three people in your party wanted something else. I think the service um, is easier for them in terms of, you know, once they bring out appetizers, they kind of combine the appetizers for the party mm -hmm. as opposed to individually plated ones. So I don't know what the reasoning would be because I kind of think maybe like you do, mm -hmm. but, you know, a lot of restaurants, they prefer that guests all do the same menu together if they're doing a tasting menu. But so we started off with these 
potato scallops with whipped cod roe. So basically <laughs> they were like fried potatoes and they were, they were kind of a hash brownie. And so I was like, oh, these are fancy hash browns. <laughs> and so they, I mean, they were tasty, but they weren't impressive. And then uh, the pinzimonio came out and it was basically vegetables, but pinzimonio actually in Italian is a mixture of olive oil with salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. but they took the liberty to take nice market vegetables and stick them in this big fancy platter of ice <laughs> wait so, did it look like well i know you weren't there but remember my chips and hummus where it was just like chips sticking out of the hummus you know maybe because um essentially it was this beautiful uh you know pedestal platter with a bunch of ice on it and vegetables sticking out of the ice and we're so like, what is this? Presentation, it was lacking. That's what I'm well, hearing. I don't want to say it was lacking. It was unusual okay. because it was impressive coming to the table. You're like, what is this big giant tray? And then you're like, um, it's just random pieces of vegetable coming out of the ice. <laughs> so, the extra I, cold. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's visually impressive when it's coming to your table and everyone's like, what is that? But then when you look at, really think about what it is, you're like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then but, but we had- But was the taste there for the veggies and the Yeah, oil? the vegetables themselves were fresh. Well, see, they didn't, that's the thing that was funny is that they call it pinsimonia, but they didn't even give us that oil. They gave us like a dill, <laughs> a dill dip, a dill crema. Pinsimonia, is that, am I saying that correctly? Pinsimonia? Pinsimonial. Pinsimonial LA style. Basically, Hollywood know, style, the, the uh, grandmastered style, they took the liberty of doing that. But then we had a Baja tuna, like tartare and had like Baja tuna, honey, crisp apple, radish, caviar and croutons all kind of, uh, you know, set like how caviar, usually, not caviar, like how tartare usually comes out and it's molded nicely, but then we had to mix it all together. And once you mix it, all those textures and flavors combined for a nice uh, bite. So I, I enjoyed that one. And then I think one of the stars that they have there, which I did enjoy was the Buffalo Burrata. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Burrata, it's basically the big pillowy dough of mozzarella cheese on the mm. outside. And then on the inside, you have um, a mixture of creamy cheeses. Yeah. So when you cut into the Burrata, like this creamy cheese oozes, oozes out. out. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> cheese on cheese on cheese. So the, this... <laughs> This buffalo burrata dish had truffle, burnt honey, crunchy chili, chili oil, rosemary. And so it really combined for nice flavors. You got a little bit of heat from the chili. That burnt honey gave you the sweetness. And then, you know, who doesn't love truffles? Uh, but then, you know, uh, and then that texture from the burrata itself. And they used a really nice burrata that tasted very, very good and sumptuous. So I enjoyed that one quite a bit too. I then, enjoy sweet and savory flavors. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. sounds nice. Yeah, I think you would enjoy it as well. Um, the next one was a 24 month prosciutto di Parma. Um, and so it was like, like I said, it's 24 months uh, cured and aged prosciutto. You're uh, eating old meat, David. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Skating <laughs> <Yeah>. food. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, just like wine, when it gets vintage. It gets you know, better. It's just, it's just better like with when, time. So do I as I get old. Yep. <laughs> um, but then after the prosciutto, we had uh, ink cavatelli. So they, they covered the pasta with squid ink or colored it with squid ink. And so it was black. 
and mix in some Dungeness crab, ginger, basil, lemon. But the funny thing is when you look at it, it looks like you're eating insects because the cavatelli pasta looks like the abdomen of insects and it's kind of spirally and, mm -hmm. and co uh, cockroachy shaped. <laughs> and so I you know I showed pictures and uh, I said to people, oh, I enjoyed this pasta cricket dish and they were like that's disgusting I'm like that wasn't it was just pasta but <laughs> although I can say I have ate a cricket I have too when I visited Thailand it was a fried cricket and I enjoyed the consistency it was crunchy a little salty I didn't see a problem with that <laughs> well just going on a tangent real quick like uh, salt and straw which is an ice cream place and many people they are around in certain cities but LA has a few locations but every Halloween, they do uh, Halloween-themed ice creams. And the one that I like is like, I think it's Creepy Crawly or something like that. And inside the ice cream, they've got mealworms and cricket parts. And actually, it's a very delicious <laughs> ice cream. Because it's the salty and sweet, right? Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and those flavors uh, and work. Tiny bit of crunch. <laughs> so I would recommend people try salt and straw for that ice cream in the Halloween season. But after the uh, cavatelli pasta, we got a choice of either striped bass, sea bass, or uh, porchetta, which is uh, basically a savory, fatty, boneless pork roast. Um, I chose the porchetta, and it was good. But I think, like some of the other dishes, it could have amped up the flavor a bit. Mm -hmm. It was um, the texture was good, but the flavor was missing. It mm -hmm. could have been salted a little more, I think, uh, or seasoned more. Um, which was kind of disappointing for a restaurant like this, you know, it should already be impeccable, yeah. especially at that $120 price point. Right. Uh, and, you know, everyone's like, this is a lot of food so far, but keep in mind, the portions are tiny. Because it's a so, tasting menu. Uh, then after that came out the dessert and it was a ricotta gelato. Mm. And it was actually quite, quite delicious because in, the, in the, the, yeah, it was good. And the presentation was pretty. They had it in this nice little bowl and then the uh, the gelato itself was shaped nicely. And then they dug out a hole in the middle and they put all, olive oil and 18 year old balsamic in there. So then you kind of mix it all together and you get that olive oil and balsamic mixed with that rich fattiness of the ricotta gelato. And it's, I don't know, it's, that's one of the best bites of the evening for me, actually. The last one. Yes. <laughs> Well, they ended with the bang, at least. We were there for a celebration. They brought out a um, tiramisu with a white chocolate record LP on top mm -hmm. uh, with said Grandmaster Records. And actually, that was one of the best tiramisus I've had in a while. Okay. So the trick about them is the food is decent, but their desserts are really good. Okay. And what they're really known for, if you go on Yelp and look at them, everyone raves about their bartenders and their drinks. Mm -hmm. And it's true. They make amazing cocktails there. So, so it sounds like, like it's like a drink dessert place. Maybe you can go for dinner somewhere else and then go there just yeah, you, for... You could go to the rooftop bar for drinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and I would recommend that because the server we had at the... Because afterwards we went to the rooftop bar, we had a couple drinks. And the servers there were really nice. And um, she convinced us to do shots. But you know, the thing about that was I'm not a shot person, but all our, our, our party agreed that it was probably the best shot we've all ever had. Because mm -hmm. uh, she said, she's going to go ask the bartender to make something for the group. And what he made was a vodka based drink, but it was still deliciously sweet and tropical tasting. I don't know. It was and you, we know you like your fruity, fruity drinks. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> bartender John out there. That was a really good shot. 
Um, and then what I also had was this frozen rosé drink with Bacardi rum, strawberry, and lemon. That sounds refreshing. It was. I, I would get that. I, I, I thought about you. I was like, <laughs> I was like, my boo would like this drink Aww. a lot. <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're wanting to try out an interesting location, um, then you can go try that. But I wouldn't recommend the tasting menu. I would just pick and choose items off the menu. Well, I mean, I could appreciate an honest review. So at least elements of the visit were good, right? So yes. there's some good and some bad. Yeah. So. The space is really cool. Well, you know me, after I indulge, I, I like to exercise because that's just my thing. You know, you have to exercise. Now I have to exercise if I know I'm going to be indulging. <laughs> well, I, not- think, I think we all should. I mean, because I... <laughs> That day, that day for the restaurant, that was my cheat day, so to speak, because, you know, I normally wouldn't eat like that. And, um, but yeah, exercise, carry on. <laughs> well, speaking of exercise, I have a bone to pick with my phone. Why? <laughs> it's just your phone. What's it doing to you? So I'm happy that my phone wants to help keep me in shape, right? And, and encourage me. So I recently walked Mount Rubidoux again because, okay. you know, I'm trying to get out there and tone up and everything so shout out to exercise one because <laughs> you feel good once you do it um when I was walking Mount Rubido like my phone realized all right she's up she's moving she's taking a lot of steps well this particular day I didn't quite reach the 10,000 steps right that the phone or the counter wants you to, to reach and about an hour after I'm done walking my phone vibrates and it's my tracker and so I looked and the message that it says, it says, you are just a few steps away. Just walk another 1,907 steps to continue <laughs> to your goal. And I'm like, okay, sis, you know what? <laughs> I walked over 9,000 steps. So just be happy that I walked the 9,000. Like, why are you focusing on the 1,900? So that didn't sit well with me. I was like, whatever. But then later on, right, and this is like four hours after the Mount Rubido walk, my phone goes off again. And here I'm thinking like it's a text message or something. I look and it's the tracker again. It's starting to turn into harassment. (laughs) Yes. And it says, you've almost reached your goal. Burn another 52 calories and you're there. (laughs) But see, why is the messaging so negative? I feel attacked. It's like, you cannot commend me for burning the over 1,000 calories that I did. Like, why yeah, you got to focus the 9, on the 9,000 steps that you did? <laughs> why you got to focus on my shortcomings? I, I don't appreciate that at all. So if any of my Android app developers, specifically LG Health, <laughs> if you're listening out there, you, you might want to change your delivery. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's keep it positive. <laughs> Well, you know, we like to keep things light and airy. Yeah. I mean, we do, but apparently they don't. So I was just like, I'm about to throw my phone. Either, well, not throw my phone, but delete that LG Health app. Because obviously it does not appreciate that I'm taking a lot of steps and I'm burning calories. I'm just not taking the steps that the app thinks I should take. So that's my little tidbit. That's the, the bone I have to pick with my phone. Yeah. So, you know, either drop them and find a much more friendlier, user-friendly app that's one to be positive with you and say, you can do it, girl. I need like a Planet Fitness app. 
because remember, I remember that video of Planet Fitness where that guy was at the exercise machine and he was eating a slice of pizza. Oh yeah, barely. I kind of <laughs> recall that. Yeah. So I, their app is probably nice. They'll probably be like, "Girl, why you walking Mount Rubido? Eat you some pizza." <laughs> oh no, then maybe you know they have to. They they need to promote themselves. They'll say you can have pizza but also work out. So. There you go. See, it's all about delivery. Yeah, yeah so. your your app just wants to shame you. I I, I was feeling shame that particular day. <laughs> I was like, I don't appreciate this. Well, you know, I, speaking of phones right now, I'm, you know, as usual, we're all tied to our phones, but this is a season of Eurovision. And so I'm constantly looking at my phones at updates of what's going on with the Eurovision Song Contest. And for, the, for those of you, the uninitiated who are not familiar with Eurovision, it's a big song contest in Europe where each country in Europe sends a representative song, original song from their country to compete uh, for uh public voting and then they decide a winner but that takes all place in place uh, during one week in may and it's actually coming up this month it's since we're in may as, as of this recording and um i'm really excited because but prior to may all the individual countries not to say say all but many of the individual countries have their own qualifiers where the public votes on the song that's going to represent them in eurovision so it's a very exciting season, basically from, I don't know, February to May, and everyone, fans like myself, keep track of who the contenders are, who the finalists are, and, and right now, as of this time that we're recording, um, the contestants are all in the host country, Italy, right now. They're in Turin, Italy, because last year's winner was Monoskin mm-hmm. uh, and from Italy. I'm begging, yeah. begging you. And they really blew up after the contest, and now they're international. But the the host country, the the country that wins the previous year, they host it the following year. So because of Monoskin, it's in Italy this year, and um, the contestants are all doing sound checks this week before the first and second semifinals next week. So how they do it is there is a uh, semifinal one, semifinal two. All the countries in both heats compete. And a certain number get through from each semifinal to the grand final, which will be next weekend. And so this is kind of what the American Song Contest is copied mm-hmm. uh, for the first time here in America. But instead of countries in Europe, you're doing states in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, us being American, we extend this thing for much longer than it needs to go because Eurovision's only one week. American Song Contest has been almost two months <laughs> you're like okay you know what just wrap it up <laughs> and we're just getting we're just getting to the finals next week <laughs> but it's been actually fun for eurovision fans and in fact i think more international eurovision fans enjoy watching american song contests than actual americans do <laughs> <laughs> but just quickly i just want to talk about some of my favorites in the contest this uh, year it's not too many because i there's uh, I forget how many countries, like almost 40 or 50 countries oh, in wow. this year. And so um, I wanted to talk about just a few that I really, really like. Uh, Albania's got a good song. Uh, Ronella is the artist and her secret uh, song is called Secret. Um, and then Sheldon Riley from Australia. And his song is called Not the Same. And Sheldon's interesting because I actually knew him way prior to this contest. He's competed on The Voice in Australia, which I've watched, and he's also been in um, uh, Australia's Got Talent. <laughs> so he basically will hit the reality show circuit trying to get this recording <laughs> career going. But here he is representing Australia in Eurovision. Um, he's quite eccentric. He's basically 
fashion wise like a lady gaga of like the old lady gaga of uh music where he would dress really outlandishly and is he uh, wearing meat suits not meat suits but he wears <laughs> he wears a lot of veils and he covers his face and makeup and things like that but he's an interesting artist um Finland's got a good entry for me that I like called Jezebel is the song and then the Rasmus is the one representing them but they actually also are an established artist um, they had a hit in the U.S. years ago um, but you know they're still big in their country and then Malta um, I am what I am is a song uh, Emma Muscat like I, it's really poppy which I really like about that song so mm -hmm. it, I'm drawn to that and then uh, Spain has sent a very J-Lo-esque artist this year, Chanel, and her her song Slow-Mo. I enjoy that one as well. And then lastly, I initially didn't like this song from Switzerland, but for some reason, I got to see the artist on social media, and he's just kind of a nice, friendly guy, and he kind of made me listen to the song some more. I'm like, you know, he's cool. So I like this song, Boys Do Cry, uh, from Maria Spera. And so then that's pretty much my the songs that I like the most I don't know if any of them are contenders to win this year it's really hard to tell mm -hmm. uh, who's going to win for me this year usually I can kind of guess who the top top two or three are going to be uh, but this year it's all over the place and I think the winner might be and I, I don't want to say it's based on their given situation but it could be the Ukraine okay but um, is the the person that's representing Ukraine though they they sound good their song they're interesting like uh, it's uh, it's very like the nice thing about eurovision is because each country is being represented a lot of times you get songs that are very um ethnically oriented to their country like okay. the, whether it's the uh, the instruments that they're using or their their language mm -hmm. and so the ukrainian one is very ethnically their culture so it's by kalush orchestra is their name and their song stefania and it's very, like I said, the instruments are very Ukrainian. And I actually think it's a catchy song. I wouldn't hate if it won, but you know, I, I don't want people to vote for it just because of what's going on in the Ukraine right now. So you should legitimately, legitimately vote for the song you think is best. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I don't know if we're doing a disservice to Ukraine if they win though, because if they win, they have to host next year. I don't know if they can host it next year. So that'll be interesting. Well, let's just hope for the best. Yeah, and then just a couple more countries to highlight was Norway's got an interesting entry. Um, it's called Give That Wolf a Banana, and the, they're called Subwolfer, and they wear these wolf heads on stage, and they're very interesting. Almost um, like Daft Punk, how they wear those. They're kind of like that. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of an electronic-y dance band. Mm -hmm. um, and then Latvia's got a song called Eat Your Salad by City Zini. Which is and... very important. You got to eat those greens. <laughs> and it kind of went viral on TikTok, but every year you get these weird entries that probably won't win but they're just there and you you think they're a joke entry but they're serious but you know they, they're lighthearted and fun so this year latvia happens to be that entry like last year germany sent an entry where somebody wore a giant hand they were a giant hand on stage it was weird but you know <laughs> i mean you know the world likes weird <laughs> but this is why I love Eurovision. You know, I've been watching Eurovision since 2002. Oh, wow. and, yeah. And then it's funny for me when the right before the pandemic, the Eurovision movie came out with Will Ferrell mm -hmm. and people, Americans were watching it and they thought it was funny, but they didn't realize it was based on the real song contest. And I would tell people, you know, that's a real thing. Right. And they're like, no, that's Will Ferrell just made that up. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> he didn't. It's, it's real. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for educating some of us who didn't know <laughs> what Eurovision was. <laughs> You're welcome. Get out there and check it out, everyone. <laughs> so now that we've gone into that, I do have a question. So it's, pro uh, it's appropriate for a why segment. Why? Okay, so here is my why. Would you like to go first? No, go ahead, go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we we're just talking about Eurovision, I actually kind of know the answer to this, but I know people ask this all the time. Why, if it's Eurovision, is Australia in Eurovision? <laughs> well, and my why actually kind of ties into what you just talked about. Um, you mentioned American Song Contest. Mm -hmm. right hosted by snoop dogg and kelly clarkson oh yes so my why is why does kelly clarkson stylist put her in those big ballroom gown dresses oh no you didn't but it's Ke true kelly call me and i will style you right girl <laughs> oh you know i'm sure a lot of people have noticed that it, it's just not flattering yes yeah why why but i have one more so <laughs> why, when people use blinkers to change lanes on the road, do others take that as an excuse to speed up and not let you in? Why? Why? <laughs> and if any of our booze out there have a why you just would like to ask, feel free to DM us on our Instagram. <laughs> and we'll be happy to share your why along with our whys. Our Instagram is bougie booze, or you can email it to us too, bougie booze podcast at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else before we get out of here, boo? No, I think that's it for this time. I was just like, I do hope that you guys send us some wise because I want to hear what y'all got to say out there. Me too, because I know everyone's wondering. There's something. You just ask yourself, why? Why? Especially in 2022. Lord. <laughs> Till next time, booze. Be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.